Thank you, Pastor Daniel. We sure appreciate his and Lynette's hospitality last night. It was great, and we sure appreciate your faithful prayers and support as a church. You've been a great blessing to the work there in Papua New Guinea. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for your partnership in the gospel. We'll be presenting the ministry during Sunday school, but the Lord's doing great things. We have three areas in ministry, the first being church planning there in Segifa at Quesasaro. The second area of ministry is Groca Baptist Bible College, and the third area of ministry is the Bible clubs and the public schools. So the Lord has greatly been blessing the ministry there in Papua New Guinea, and we look forward to sharing that with you more during the Sunday school hour. But you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I want to share some practical things the Lord has been using in our lives, and then also some things that the Lord has been doing there in Papua New Guinea and in the hearts of the people. So Romans chapter 8, let me read verse 28, and then I'll pray. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the cold according to his purpose. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the blessing of being with your people here at Gospel Life. Thank you, Lord, for Pastor Daniel and his family. Lord, thank you for their partnership in the Gospel. Lord, thank you for the privilege of knowing you and loving you and serving you. Thank you, Lord, for this time as we think of next Sunday where we remember the birth of your Son, our Savior. Lord, thank you for the young people, Lord. Just thank you for the future of the church. Thank you, Lord, for their hearts to love and to serve you. Lord, you've been such a good God to us. I pray as you look into your words that you would speak to us anew and afresh, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So Romans chapter 8, verse 28, a well-known verse. It's a verse that many of us are familiar with. Many of us could quote it. But the first thing I want us to see in verse 28 is we know that all things work together for what? Good. God is able to turn circumstances, things in our lives that we don't understand, things that we're not able to figure out, things that look like a disastrous situation to us, things that look like a mistake. God is able to turn those situations for good. And God is in control of all things. God is creator, God. God sits on the throne of heaven and he's in control. Sometimes from our human perspective, it seems like all things are out of control. But God is still on the throne, and he's still working to fulfill his plans and his purposes. Remember there in the work in Papua New Guinea, the Lord was really blessing the Bible clubs. We're now in five public schools, and the sports outreach on Friday nights at the church was really growing. And that meant we needed more drivers, and we needed more vehicles to be able to get to the different clubs. We couldn't be in two places at one time, so we were using different people from the Bible college too to help us teach in the clubs and those kind of things. There was a young man that I began to train to drive. And you have to remember for the people in Papua New Guinea, it's a huge deal for them to learn to drive. If you've never driven a bicycle, never driven a lawnmower, it's a pretty big jump to learn to drive. And so he was doing really good. He was able to get his driver's license for the police station. And sometimes he'd drive by himself, sometimes he'd drive with me again, but still doing a great job. And we have Friday night sports outreach. He was taking some of the other guys. I was taking some of the other ones. He left right before I did. And as I was coming back, I was coming down the mountain, and I saw our land cruiser wedged sideways in the one-lane bridge. And my heart just sank. First, I didn't know if, the, if they'd survived. And second, it looked like the vehicle could very well be totaled. And I got down there as fast as I could. By God's grace, everyone was okay. If he'd have missed the bridge and went to the river, I'm sure they would have all died. 
But by God's mercy, as when he slid sideways through the one-lane bridge, it absorbed all the impact. So the frame was bent beyond repair, so the vehicle was totaled, but by God's mercy, they were all alive. And we didn't, we didn't know what to do. We didn't have a vehicle, and we really began to pray. We gave it to the Lord, and we began to fill out insurance paperwork and give the accident report and all those different things. As we were going through that process, they said, tell us what happened. And I said, well, he was a new driver. I said, there was no other car involved in the accident. I said, it was his fault. He just lost control and crashed in the one-lane bridge there. And they said, well, you do know that you're not going to get any money. They said, can you give us a better story than that? They said, at least tell us the brakes failed or tell us it was raining or tell us something. And I said, I'm not going to lie. I said, we're here as missionaries and we're doing God's work. And I said, I'm going to be honest. I said, it was our fault. And they said, okay, well, you're not getting any money. Have a great day. And so we left it in the Lord's hands, and we continued to pray about it. And long story short, we got more money for the vehicle than what we paid for it. And we got a nicer vehicle than what we started with. And that was God's mercy and God's grace. That never happened. You never, assurance company never buys you a nicer vehicle than what you had before. And God turned something that was disastrous. God turned it for good. And you look at me again at Romans chapter 8. And verse number 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called together according to his purpose. That's absolute confidence. We can trust God. We can trust his promises 100%. It's not we hope it will work together for good. It's not we think it might work together for good. We know that God works all things together for good. But notice with me, Secondly, in that verse, it says to them that love God. When things aren't going our way in life, God wants us to love him. God wants us to trust him. God wants us to depend upon him. The same love that Christ showed for us, God wants us to have that agape love for him. Sometimes in life, people want God to work everything out for them, but they're not loving God. They don't, they're not serving God. They don't know God. And God doesn't promise to work all things together for them. God promises to work all things together for good when we love God. Just as was read this morning in the scripture reading, the life of Joseph. You think about the life of Joseph. His brother sold him into slavery. He goes down to Egypt. He's working as a slave in Potiphar's house. He's doing the right thing. He's tempted with sin. He says no. He flees temptation. And then he gets thrown into jail. He's in jail now. He's doing the right thing again. He's taking care of the, the... He's promoted to a position of influence. He's over the other prisoners there doing the right thing again. Then Pharaoh throws the butler and the baker into jail. Joseph interprets their dreams. It happens exactly as he says. The baker is hung. The butler is restored to Pharaoh's court. And as the butler is returning, Joseph says, Remember me. But did the butler remember Joseph? No, the Bible says he forgot about him again for two years. How many of us would still be loving God after that? After our siblings sell us into slavery, after that we're tempted with sin, we do the right thing, get thrown into jail. Someone else we help out forgets about us for two years. I mean, for the life of Joseph, everything was going wrong. But Joseph still loved God. And at the end of those two years, the... Butler remembered Joseph. He told Pharaoh, and Joseph was restored to a position of authority there in Egypt. God used him in a great way to preserve the life of his chosen people, to preserve the life of the Egyptians. And as was read this morning, if you look in Genesis chapter 50 and verse number 20, Joseph's testimony says, 
But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. But as Joseph still continued to love God, God was able to work all things together for good in Joseph's life. As I think there in about the work in Papua New Guinea, there is a young man came from a difficult family situation. His father had many wise a polygamous situation, so very difficult, but he got saved, was able to come to Bible college, was in the Bible college, very faithful, became one of our first teachers there in the Christian school. We built a Christian school school in 2017. We started that, but very, very faithful, serving God faithfully. God was blessing, very faithful, teaching in the Bible clubs. God was using him in a great way, helping us with that, using him in a great way in Friday night sports outreach. But in the midst of him serving God faithfully in the ministry, he had a great trial come into his life. And he was the fellow that was driving the vehicle the night of the accident. Because he didn't mean to cause the accident. He was doing the best he could, but he had an accident. And in Papua New Guinea, it's a shame culture. So what that means, if they do something wrong, there's really no way for them to save face. They just run away, they hide. And all the people told me, they said, Max will just run away. They said, he'll disappear. He'll never be in the ministry. He'll never be faithful again. He said it's too embarrassing for him that he wrecked the missionary's vehicle. He'll be gone. And I prayed with Max that night. I just tried to encourage him. But Max is still in the ministry today because he loved who? God. And many people said many unkind things to him. Many people gave him a hard time. But because he had a love for God, he was able to stay in the ministry and stay faithful to God. God wants us to love him. As we love him, he's able to work all things together for good. Look at me again at the end of verse 28. It says, To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. God's plan and God's purpose for your life might be different than what God has for me in my life. But whatever God has for you in your life, God wants you to serve him. God wants you to obey him one step at a time. I never thought I'd be a missionary in Papua New Guinea when I grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, farming. I thought that's what I'd do the rest of my life. I wanted to be a businessman. I'd support missions, but I never had any idea that God would call me into missions. But God wanted me to go, and by God's grace and God's mercy, God worked in my life in a mighty way. Leandro was also a single missionary, as many of you probably remember, headed to Papua New Guinea, and the Lord brought us together. But in all of those things, God's plan, you obey God one step at a time, he'll work out of the rest of the details. You don't need to have all the answers, everything figured out. You just need to obey God today. Obedience brings blessing. And as you obey God today, he'll show you the next step tomorrow. So we see in verse 28, we know that all things work together for good. Remember the life of Job in the Old Testament? Job had many, many things. He had seven sons, three daughters. He had three, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 donkeys. He had great physical wealth. But how much of it did he lose? All of it. But he still loved God. His wife told him to curse God and die. But the Bible says that he held fast to his integrity. He still loved God. The end of Job's life in Job chapter 42 verse 2. Job said, now I know that thou canst do anything. He knew that God was in control of all things. He said also that though thou slay me, yet will I trust him. He said, when I'm tried, I shall come forth as gold. As we love God, as we serve God, as we obey God, God's able to work all things together for good. Look at me now at verse 31, Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. 
says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And in our life, sometimes things might happen to us that were out of our control. Others might do things to us. Might be a political situation. It might be a situation at work. It might be a situation in our family. But all you need on your side is God. If you're on God's side, that's all you need. If God is for us, who can be against us? There is a young man there in Papua New Guinea. His name was Samuel. Just a young boy, probably about 11 or 12 years of age. Um, his father died from, I believe, AIDS. Just very immoral person. His mother, I've never met her in the village. I know she's there. She doesn't live very far away, but I have no idea who she is. I've probably met her, but I just don't know who his mother is. He's Many times he's sleeping on the bottom of the mountain, or sometimes he's sleeping on the top of the mountain. Whoever will give him a place to sleep in their grass hut, whoever will give him food to eat, that's where he's sleeping. So you think about Samuel's life as a little boy. Is that an easy life or a hard life? Very difficult life. But one thing for Samuel, he started coming to the church. When I go to outreach on Sunday mornings, we leave about 5 o'clock in the morning, get there to where the church is about 5.30. Still pitch black, doesn't get light till about 6.30. But he'll come running down the mountain. He's one of the first guys to meet me. And then we'll go, we'll preach at Waterside, we'll preach at Kapogu, and then we'll come back to the church. And I said to Samuel, I said, how do you know when it's time to wake up? He said, oh, I hear the birds chirping. I know it's time to wake up and run down the mountain. And so he'd meet me every Sunday morning. One Sunday morning, we were hiking back from Kapugu, and we were walking together. And Samuel, I, I was asking him just some questions about his life and trying to lead up to witnessing to him again. And he said, well, he said, I have something to tell you. He said, I was actually planning to get saved a few weeks ago. But he said, on my way to church, he said, somebody beat me up. And he said, I was so upset, he said, I couldn't get saved. And he said, I'm still not able to get, he said, I just don't have peace. He said, but would you please pray that I could get saved? And I said, absolutely. I said, sure, I'll pray for you this week. And for many of you that pray for us there in Papua New Guinea, your prayers make a great difference. You never know how God might be working in someone's heart and someone's life the very moment you're praying. And so as I continue to pray for Samuel that next week, about the same place in the trail, Samuel, next Sunday, he said to me, Tim, he said, I'm ready to get saved this week. He said, I'm ready to trust Christ as my Savior. And you think about all those things in Samuel's life that were against him. His father died of an immoral life. His mother, I, you know, not much of a relationship with her, no place to live. He plans to follow the Lord, and someone beats him up that Sunday morning. But if you look with me again at verse 31, it says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? God has a plan and God has a purpose for little Samuel's life. And God was for Samuel. Samuel was able to get saved and trust Christ. Sometimes situations in our life are out of our control. But if God is for you, who can be against you? First John chapter 4 and verse 4, You are of God, little children, have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Look with me now at verse number 36. Verse number, or 35, sorry. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And verse 28, we're told to love Christ. But here in verse 35, it speaks of the love of Christ. Verse 28, we're to have agape love for Christ. This is now Christ's agape love for us. His self-sacrificing love. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or the sword? 
You know, he gives a list of different things. But none of those things can separate us from the love of Christ. There was a young lady there, one of the first people to get saved. Her name is Flora. Her sister name was Jira. And they got saved early on in the church plan as we were teaching through the Bible chronologically. 20 Old Testament stories, 20 New Testament stories. And we got to the end there, speaking about end time events and the consequences of those that don't know Christ and eternity without Christ in hell. We had just gone to that on a Saturday. And both Jira and Flora trusted Christ as their Savior. And once again, they don't live with their parents. Their parents aren't able to take care of them, probably just because they, they can't afford to feed them and they don't have enough food in their gardens. So they live with another family down the road. But it was through those two girls we were able to start the first two Bible clubs. The first one in Jira's school at Safa. The second one at Flora's school at Segu High School. But they had a real heart to love God and follow Him. And But Flora went through a lot of difficult situations in her life. She got very, very ill. And so when she got very ill, her parents, her real biological parents came back around. They took her off to another village and forced her to go to the witch doctor. And very difficult things. And in Papua New Guinea, whatever happens, they attribute it to witchcraft and sorcery. So if it rains or it doesn't rain, they, they can attribute it to those things. If there's an earthquake, they'll attribute it to those things. If you're sick, they attribute it to sorcery and witchcraft. If somebody dies, it's because somebody poisoned them by sorcery and witchcraft. Nothing happens because of natural causes. It's all attributed to that. So for Flora, many difficult things she went through. She got in touch with us again. She was almost dead. The witch doctor almost killed her. But by God's grace and mercy, the veteran missionaries we work with, we were able to get, take her to the clinic. She was able to get medicine, and she was able to recover. Through that, she was able, of course, to come back to church, faithful in church. She was in baptismal class, and she was just baptized along with four others right before we came back. But none of those things she went through, none of those things could separate her from whose love? Christ's love. Sometimes in our lives, terrible things happen to us. But as we give those situations to God, none of those things can separate us from Christ's love. Look with me now at verse number 37. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I remember speaking to a Papua New Guinean one time. And for us as Americans, oftentimes we'll ask somebody, how are you doing? And he said to me, Tim, he said, why do you ask me how I'm doing? He said, I'm doing terrible. He said, every time you ask me, I'm doing terrible. He said, our lives are hard. He said, we never know what we're going to eat tomorrow. He said, we're, you know, they suffer so many tropical diseases and all those things. He said, our lives are very hard. He said, we have very hard lives. But you, you look with me as you think about Romans chapter 8. All those situations, God is able to work in and through those for his honor and for his glory. Verse 37 says, we are more than conquerors. You might say for the people in Papua New Guinea that all things are stacked against them. But through Christ, they can be more than conquerors. There was a young man, his name was Hercules. I asked him, how did you get that name? He said, I chose it. So I don't know all, all the details to that. But just a young man there in the village. When we started the church originally up at Jericho, when we got the land where we built the church building now and moved down the mountain, Hercules lived right across from the church property. So he, his father and then Appa's father historically fought over the land. The land was actually dedicated to Satan. That's where they put all their witchcraft and sorcery. But when we got the land, we dedicated it back to God. 
dedicate back to God, and by God's grace and mercy, there's a church there today. But Hercules, of course, is unsaved. We're looking for a young man to help us build the church building, and Hercules came over. He said, I'd be glad to help you, and he never used a power tool in his life, really good with a machete, but never had used a power tool or anything like that, but he learned a lot. He was doing really, really good, but I'd ask Hercules, are you ready to get saved? He said, no. He said, I'm not ready to get saved. He said, I'm not ready to trust Christ. Because for Hercules, as a young man, he was very, very ill. He became lame, and only one of his legs worked. And all the people in the village said, that's because someone practiced sorcery, and they poisoned you, and that's why you're lame. So he tried to do other things to heal himself through sorcery and witchcraft. Of course, it never worked. And by God's mercy, he was able to come to the clinic there at the Bible College. He was able to get medicine. He was able to regain the use of his leg. But still not saved. But that was the environment he grew up in. He was trusting the devil to protect him. He was trusting Satan and his power. And as I continue to witness to him, Hercules would say, yes, he said, I've done many good things. He said, I've built the church. But he said, I know I don't have any reward in heaven because I'm not saved. It wasn't like he didn't know it. It wasn't like he didn't understand it. But it's a hard decision for them to say no to everything they've known for their life and they've trusted in Satan and his power and trust God 100% with their life. And so after that, I asked Hercules to come help me at the Bible College build the mission house. Great guy, still working very hard, but still not ready to get saved. And continue to pray for Hercules. And praise the Lord, when we had the opening for the church, Hercules got saved. He trusted Christ as his Savior. And yes, many things against him in his life, but verse 37 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. God had a plan and God had a purpose for Hercules' life. And Hercules was the first young man there at the church to get baptized. He was baptized right before we came back, along with the other women that got baptized. Look with me now at verse 38. It says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Are you 100% confident that nothing can separate you from Christ's love? You know, the great demonstration of God's love for us is when he sent the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, to be born by the Virgin Mary here, and then to die on the cross of Calvary and be resurrected the third day. That was God's demonstration of his love for us. Verse number 28, we see that we know that all things work together for good. <coughs> Verse 31, we see that what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Verse 35, we see who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Can I just have a little water to drink? Sorry. And then verse 37, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I shared many stories about the people in Papua New Guinea and their lives, but do these verses mean something to us and our lives here in America? They sure do. As we live our Christian lives, we can be 100% confident that God is working. Thank you. He's working, and God is moving. Sometimes in our lives, we don't always have things happen to us the way we would want or the way we would choose. 
But as we love God and as we yield our lives to God, God is able to turn those things for good. As I said earlier, God wants us to obey him one step at a time. God wants us to obey him today, and then he'll show us the next step tomorrow. Last, last verse before I finish, I want you to turn to Psalm chapter 86 and verse number 11. Psalm chapter 86 and verse number 11. This is a verse that as the Lord called me to Bible school and called me into missions, he used in a great way in my life. Psalm chapter 86 and verse number 11. It says, Teach me thy, la- thy way, O Lord. That's your prayer to God. Wherever, If you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior, if you're a Christian, as you pray, you ask God to teach you his ways. We should always be growing in our Christian lives. None of us have arrived in our Christian life. I haven't arrived. You haven't arrived. The Apostle Paul said he's still pressed towards the mark. The Apostle Paul was still growing in his Christian life. As we live our Christian lives, we need to ask God to teach us his ways. As God teaches us his ways, we need to make that commitment that we will walk in his truth. As he's teaching us things, we need to make that commitment we will walk in his truth. Do you think about the life of Joseph? Do you think about the life of Job? Did God teach them a few lessons in their lives? Sure he did. Joseph learned a lot of things. Job learned a lot of things. I'm sure in your life, God is teaching you some things. But as God teaches you, you have to make that commitment that what he teaches you, you will obey. And the last thing in verse number 11 says, Unite my heart to fear thy name. You have to have God unite your heart to fear his name. As you go through life, as you live life, As you surrender to God, things happen to you. Circumstances happen to you. Things go on that you might not have chosen that path. But you have to fear God. You have to trust God. And as you ask God to unite your heart with his, you will submit to his plan and to his purpose. And as you do that, as you love God, God is able to take that and work it together for what? For good. So as I I shared this morning, I shared... Different testimonies from there in Papua New Guinea. I shared Samuel's story, Flora's story, Hercules' story. Those are all testimonies. They're not your story. You have a different story. But as you live your Christian life, know that God is able to work all things together for good. Love God with all of your heart and serve him in whatever plan or whatever purpose he has for you. Pastor Daniel.